0: this audio orgasm is not safe for work and is strictly for adults only now let's get it on
1: what jody i'm gonna fucking kill you okay now
2: i hope you fucking overdose on cocaine
1: now say po boys podcast
2: welcome to the po boys podcast how can we fuck your day up (laughs)
1: <laughs> beautiful welcome to the po Boys podcast we don't think rape is good but we turn a blind eye rape 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 on the first fucking date
2: more people gravitate towards me um that have had similar situations that i spent so long thinking i was alone so it's nice to be that thing that people can come to so they feel less alone, if that yeah, makes sense. You're a beacon. That's a great yeah, word. I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to be light and love and laughter. And then if that attracts people, that's all I want to do is just bring joy to people that are joyless, if it's, that makes sense. It's funny to me because you are a very
1: – a beacon is a great word for it actually because you're, you're a shining person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean nice. I'm I'm serious. Every time I've seen you, heard you do your thing, you know, it's you kind of are a, a center of attention. That's that's what it is. <laughs> but it's funny to me because I've also heard the demon come out of you a couple times on shows, and I oh, know yeah. that you got a little bit of a dark side. I've heard people call you the hipster Jim Norton. That kind of made me laugh. I mean, yeah. it is what it is, but I mean, some of the shit I've heard come out of your mouth, it's it's pretty pretty close. So it's like Oh yeah.
2: I yeah, love. I mean, I, th- I think in, in order to have light, you have to have dark. And I, I think that definitely makes up a big part of me. And I think that's why I try to be so joyful because I've had that darkness and I know what it's like to think you'll never come out. And then when you do, you have. I, I just want to be so full of joy and love and have that come out because I know the pain of like what not having that is, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. But also yeah. being center of attention, I, I feel like – I'm a scrappy guy, so I'm, I am you're either going to give me the spotlight or I'm going to fucking take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to throw some fucking elbows in there to fucking grab it. I feel like if Sam Kinison and Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura did a chest bump, I would fall out of it.
1: Podcast. I'm your host, that motherfucker Jody B. Tonight, we have a very special guest. Uh, I've really waited a while for this one. It's funny. Um, I know that you're a busy man, and uh, obviously, I don't think Twitter is everybody's uh, first platform to contact, so I'm glad we finally made it happen. Uh, Tonight's guest, uh, I mean, I don't even, you've got a resume fucking a foot long, man, so I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, He's a New York comedian. Uh, stand-up comedian, uh, also all just a, a renaissance man in the way of the arts. He's a funny person and uh, currently one of my favorite people to kind of follow and pay attention to. So tonight, I would like to introduce Mr. Ian Fidance.
2: Hey, everybody. How you doing? Thank you for that intro, Jody. That was very kind of you. Um, and, uh, you know, if you do want to print out my resume, just go to Office Depot and get one of those long printer packages that has a thousand pieces of paper and then throw it out because none of it matters anymore because we're stuck inside I was going to ask how you're holding up
1: uh, I'm sure this is either going to make or break a lot of people in your profession sir
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I I, I don't know I, I I obviously know it's we're all going to bounce back and be okay I mean it's going to be tough for a while you know but I, I think it's definitely going to uh, equate to some sort of you know, some some people are going to have to go back to day jobs yeah. and, you know, some people are going to have to quit and then other people are going to flourish. Um, but I think stand up is going to be something that people are going to want to come back to. Yeah. You know, people are really going to want to um, get out of their house and be involved in things. I just don't know when. I think sooner Much than later. Do comedy and masks, you know, but. Yeah.
1: Well, I think people are going to be wanting it sooner than later man like it's it's not yeah. going to be a thing that'll be on the, the ladder I, I think stand-up will probably come back soon but like you said i don't know what do you think the social kind of pushback is going to be like how long is it going to be before people are like all right we're good and then people are like no don't open that club don't do that you know that shit's still gonna happen it's already happening now with the places that haven't closed so you know would yeah people-
2: <laughs> i mean it's a thing of like When it was going down, they started doing capacity rules for, like, you know, anything under 2,000, you go down to 500. Anything under 500 capacity, you go down to 250. Anything under 200, you split that in half, you know? So it kept going down and down, I think that's the way we're going to integrate. I think it's going to be in, like, a tier system of, like, you know, okay, only a certain amount of people are allowed and whatever. But I think people are going to get so restless, they're going to be like, i'll just die just give me the disease i I don't care i want to go live my life i'll I'll chance it okay i will say this the upside i've seen a lot of fat people walking
1: around the block lately like they just don't have anywhere else to go or anything better to do and they're at least they're getting out getting some fresh air shit you know
2: yeah yeah i mean i i talked to a buddy just now when i was cooking dinner and he was like you know and that's something i never was doing before because i was never home for dinner you know but um I, yeah, I was cooking. And I'm talking to him. He's like, yeah, it's actually good. You know, me and my wife, we go for walks. We spend time together outside. And it's like, yeah. wow, this is truly like bringing us back to like an old you know you said i'm a renaissance man i feel like we're living in the renaissance right now you know it's we've like reverted back into a very you can either be completely plugged in or you have the choice now to be comfortably unplugged because there's nothing else going on you don't
1: have to you know it's it's, yesterday it was like sunday i uh i went to lowe's and i bought some soil and some plants. yeah ian i came back to my house with my kid and i was out in the yard and i just i drank beer and i planted fucking strawberries and shit yeah and when i got done it was the nicest feeling i was like you ever just drink a beer and play
2: in the fucking dirt anymore
1: like i haven't done yeah. it in forever and it, i wow. highly recommend anybody get out there and get your hands dirty man it's
2: worth it yeah <laughs> when i when i drank i used to drink beer and end up in piles of dirt but i never it works <laughs> intentionally to plant things you know but i i mean yeah it's so weird because we're i feel like we're all doing things that we were meant to do now which is like relax and breathe <laughs> you know we spend so much time running around and doing all this shit and it's like well uh now that i'm not like working down to the bone i have time to like go with my kid in the backyard you know
1: yeah everybody's got it now and it's I don't know. It's a blessing and a curse. I guess you know. Uh, I'll yeah. I'll think differently when the paychecks start adding up because <laughs> that last yeah, right. one wasn't great. I told my boss the other day. I said, "Man, I might just go on fucking." Uh, you know, you can unemploy me. What the fuck ever, dude. It's like, what do I, you do for work? I deliver tires. Oh, okay. Where are you based out of? Uh, our main company, South Carolina, I think. One of the big. Ones. We're like the number two. Like, there's Coke and Pepsi. I work for Pepsi. Okay, basically. and where are you? I'm in Arkansas. Oh no way! Yeah, right in the asshole of the country, man. <laughs> nice. Are you near West Memphis? Uh, that's a couple hours from here. Uh, oh, okay. It's a funny thing where I'm at in Arkansas. It's two and a half hours in any direction to get to whatever other state. And West Memphis is right before Memphis. So
2: no shit. Yeah,
1: it's uh wow. It's interesting, man. And uh, I don't get out much, so it's really neat to be able to talk to you assholes over on the coast. You know yeah, what I'm saying it's a completely different way of life down here, and
2: uh, I just yeah. want to check
1: on you guys and make sure you're okay.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I I can't. I mean, maybe I'll find you know a little crack in the sidewalk to plant a little tree or something. But yeah. that's great. I'd love to have a garden, man. Good for you. That's that sounds wonderful. Hey, man, where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Yeah. Speaking of yeah. which,
2: like that's one of the things that
1: kind of I enjoy about you. It's funny. Once I spoke to you, you kind of popped in on all the shows that I listened to. So it's just. Um, I want to know a little bit, first of all, how long have you been doing comedy? Like overall nine years, just celebrated nine in February. And have you always been like an artsy kid? Like, is it, you know, did you do any of the other stuff like drama or plays or any shit when you were in school or was that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, when, when I was younger, I, um, theater as it were. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was, I was in like the, in second grade, me and a buddy did, um, Uh, we wrote a sketch where I was Steve Urkel and he was Carl Winslow Um, and then the next year I was in like The King and I you know so I was like oh this is amazing and I switched schools I like didn't do any of that and um, I uh, got in like a band in like the 8th grade I played guitar and then I was in a band in high school from like 14 13 14 until like you know 18 and uh So I was involved on like the stage in that way, but comedy, um, and then my, my twenties, I I was just, you know, a piece of shit and I didn't do anything, but I I was always kind of like, you know, uh, the performer, I guess. Yeah.
1: You like attention? That's my thing. I like attention, too. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, my my (laughs) friends in high school called me COA because I was always the center of attention. Yeah. You got to have it. Come on, guys. Look over here. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I think it was, you know, do you have brothers and sisters? Only child. Me too. Yeah. That's, I was just going to say, I, I think it's an only child thing where it's like, you know, you, you have no one, but you have all the attention when you're around people in a way. So you want that attention all the time, I guess. Yes. I don't know what it
1: is. See, I, it's it's a funny thing because, I mean, it's to be honest with you, I had a terrible childhood, but I mean, oh, man. I got all the attention. So yeah, it's cool because what attention there is to get you get, but also you get all the ass whoopings. You can't blame that on anybody else. Right.
0: That's one thing
1: that I really think I got gypped as as a kid is not being able to just pawn shit off on, you know, brothers and sisters. Because I yeah. did all the shit and I got all the ass whoopings. It was
2: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it's, you know, I was thinking the other day because, um, you know, my I, I was with my chick and she was talking to her sister on the phone and they were like talking shit on their mom. Yeah. But in a way of like she's so dumb. She always does this. She doesn't answer the phone. She knows that we, you know, and, and they were like commiserating about mom. And it made me think, I hadn't thought about that in a while, but growing up, all these things happen. You just keep it inside because you have no one to bounce it off of. And when you live in a chaotic, traumatic environment, you have no one to be like, Dude, mom's losing it right now. Right? Yeah. Can we be together? Can we have each other's backs? You know? Can can we both talk about how like wild this shit is? But instead, I just like isolated and found a brotherhood in pornography. So that was like my escape, rather than having a healthy relationship with another person. Yeah.
1: You know? No, it's I, I think uh, some swinger couple told me your vibe attracts your tribe. Oh. I found that the people that I listen to and I like and enjoy, it's just weird. Like I, I gravitate towards people that have a similar situation and we're not yeah. that much. Unlike Ian finance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just a very, uh, very lonely is a bad word. Uh, isolated is a bad, I, I don't know. It's when you're locked alone by yourself for a long time, it gets weird. Yeah. And hopefully
2: you come out of it. I mean, that's <laughs> at the end of the day. Well, it's funny, you know, cause I grew up, thinking i was the only one you know um of like uh you know this is i'm the only one this is happening no one uh, because you you and i think that happens with everyone you have your singular experience you know and you don't know if other people in the world are experiencing these things or you don't even know how to tell people
1: at that point how to rationalize it enough to even talk to somebody about what you're feeling or what you're thinking, the shit
2: that might right, be going right, on. and and I think the internet has given us access to that to find someone in Beijing that feels the way I do. So then you feel empowered and emboldened in a way, so that you like own the thing that you thought you were the only one. La la, you know. And I didn't have that growing up, so now I feel like um, I don't know, more people gravitate towards me um, that have had similar situations that I spent so long thinking I was alone. So it's nice to be that thing that people can come to so they feel less alone, if that yeah, makes sense. You're a beacon. That's a great yeah, word. I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to be light and love and laughter and then if that attracts people that's all i want to do is just bring joy to people that are joyless if that makes sense
1: it's funny to me because you are a very a beacon is a great word for it actually because you're you're a shining person you know what i'm saying (laughs) i mean i'm I'm serious every time i've seen you heard you do your thing you know it's you kind of are a center of attention that's just what it is. <laughs> but it's funny to me because I've also heard the demon come out of you a couple times on shows and I oh, know yeah. that you got a little bit of a dark side. I've heard people call you the hipster Jim Norton. That kind of made me laugh. I mean, yeah. It is what it is, but I mean, some of the shit I've heard come out of your mouth, it's it's pretty pretty close. So it's oh, like Oh yeah. I yeah, love. I mean,
2: I, th- I think in, in order to have light, you have to have dark. And I, I think that definitely makes up a big part of me. And I think that's why I try to be so joyful because I've had that darkness and I know what it's like to think you'll never come out. And then when you do, you have. I, I just want to be so full of joy and love and have that come out because I know the pain of like what not having that is, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. But also being center of attention, I, I feel like – I'm a scrappy guy, so I'm. I you're either going to give me the spotlight, or I'm going to fucking take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to throw some fucking elbows in there to fucking grab
1: it. You know? I love it. So I, I did want to talk to you about a couple things that that I've wondered just from your experience thus far. Mm-hmm. I have a few questions that I like to ask comics specifically, and mm-hmm. one of them is, I believe that most stand-up comics, if they're comedy fans, can usually. Take who they are as a comedian, like their voice in a sense, and pick three comics that inspired it to make their voice in a sense. Mm. If I asked you that question, who do you think would make your comic voice? Like, is a little bit of this guy, a little bit of that person, a little bit of? I feel like, uh, and it's I'm not just like not just comics. You know, what I'm saying any inspiration. Right. It could be fucking uh, uh, Chap Charlie Chaplin. You know, what I'm saying it could be right, anything. Right. You want. Right. Right. I'd like to know. I feel
2: like um, I don't know. I, I I feel like if Sam Kinison and Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura did a chest bump, I would fall out of it. It's
1: not you bad. Know? It's not a bad visual, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like that, and uh, you know, I I don't know. I, I I have people that have inspired me for sure. Yeah. You know, and and guys that I would sit around with friends and just die laughing, and like literally like put something on in the car and and rewind and be like, you hear that? You hear that? How good is that? You know, just get like so excited, you know? And there are definitely guys that, that, uh, have are that for me. But, um, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not even there yet. I, I, I still have so much more to go and so much yeah. so much more to do figuring out how to let that out and being absolutely 100 percent myself on stage I feel like I'm like I grab it sometimes and other times I feel like it's it's not there and that's what makes it so fun is because when you grab it you're riding that fucking wave yeah. I just want to surf all the fucking time I mean at this point
1: if somebody had only been doing comedy two years to say they think they got it I would, mm-hmm. I'm sure most people would, would not. Yeah. You're close enough right now that you're right there. Like, yeah, you know what it is. And I, yeah, I can't wait till it, till you get it. Like it's going to be fucking awesome. I know you've got all kinds of shit. Aren't you touring with a tail now or where if, I am, yeah. if the apocalypse yeah. stops? How, how and,
2: big of a pain in the tits is that? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's wild, man. But, but you know, it is that thing of like, I don't know. It's like you can feel it in your bones when it comes up that, that it thing and when you ride it and grab it it feels so awesome and and I see other people that have inspired me that are that all the time yeah. and it's just a matter of being able to turn it on and have it you know so, but like I definitely notice I can now write in my voice and take something and turn it like speaking in jokes and yeah. that is something I couldn't do before so I, I have that now I'm just trying to get the performance and presentation of it all together yeah. and that's you know, I'm just so excited for that to pop. So you mentioned it just now. Who, who are the inspirations? Like who are
1: the biggest ones? If you had to pick, uh,
2: I mean, physicality wise, I mean, Jim Carrey was his, his like special was incredible with just the way he moved and everything. Yeah. And, uh, I really do love Sam Kinison, his command of the stage, just stomping and pacing and owning everything and speaking softly. And then yelling, you know, and, uh, I, I mean, also a dude, just how dark and funny he is yeah. with um, his humor and and his ability to he is the quickest person in the world. You know, like he just has an algorithm in his head that takes whatever is in the air and just immediately joke. You know what I mean? Spits it out. <laughs> so, yeah. So like going back and forth with him has been like amazing and has helped so much. but It's really taught me to actively listen in a way to then take whatever is said and do that like formula of like take it joke it you know and uh seeing him do that every night is just wild you know and also too, like dude being around nikki so much with how fearless she is and she just is authentically herself and says everything and people are like oh it's filthy but she's like well that's who i am you know that's inspired me to be like to open up more to be that because i've always been like a pervert you know and i pride myself on being like i'm not a creep i'm a fucking pervert
0: like i I say that
1: that i'm not
2: i'm an ethical creep
1: man i'm not yeah i'm not mean you no harm but i'll watch i don't give a fuck what's going on
2: yeah (laughs) and and i think uh you know just being around so many different people kind of really it just makes you want to be better and you know i just can't wait for it to come back because I, i i was really in a stride and i know I'm going to pick right back up where I left off. So that's what I'm most excited about. Just like commanding and owning that stage and having that moment uh, of just, it's, it's yours and being able to take it wherever you want. Yeah. It's, I think you've actually
1: just got time to sharpen the steel right now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, and and we all have time.
1: And, well, you guys you know, are nailing stuff. podcasts and stuff right now. Like, that's the one thing I can say I can appreciate about it is uh, people are available because y'all ain't doing shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're doing stuff. But I'm saying, like, I've been very uh, – I had Mark Random approach me <laughs> for a fucking interview. And I was like, all right, dude. You know, we'll figure that out. Um, yeah it's it's a very good time to talk to people and find out where
2: their heads at and what they got going on and you never know well,
1: you might inspire I'll tell somebody.
2: You, it's it's a thing of like it's just nighttime is tough because you know you just want to run on stage and fucking talk yeah. And tell jokes and you know you're writing all these things but writing it and, and performing is like two different things so that's you know the hardest part of all this is around like 6 o'clock this itch comes and I notice my anxiety level gets like yeah, because I'm not running around I'm not getting getting on a train to go to work I'm not riding my bike in Manhattan I'm not doing these things I've, I've done for years you train your brain to do these okay every night you know and now it's like oh
1: god yeah. So what am I supposed to do now you fuck yeah. you just stand on your yeah. balcony and scream jokes at homeless people (laughs)
2: yeah well that's a weird thing too is because i i you know ride my bike in the city and it's so desolate you never really i mean you notice a homeless and you see it and it's like jarring but to see them eating out of the trash now alone and no one around them is just a heartbreaking scary sight of like Wow, this is this is like I am legend around here, you know? You want a real
1: challenge? Make that guy laugh. How no, about I'm this? Good. Come on, Ian. You pull up on your bike. You stop. You look. You go, hey, man, you want some ketchup to put on that shit? Maybe you got to
2: – you I'll gotta leave that give up to you when, when, <laughs> someone needs, when someone needs tires in New York City You can ride them up and then try your little ketchup trick I'll leave it's that a, one to you It's a good point
1: I'm a, I'm probably two of you So maybe it'll be a little easier But I might get my head cracked with a brick
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean you never get in the way of a, a man and his garbage food You know It's true
1: Listen man, um, I know you kind of got some stuff coming uh, If we need to go soon, we can I can wrap up I'm sorry that uh, everything got so scrambled
2: Oh, it's all good, man. I, I I know we've been going back and forth for a while. I just hit another podcast with a guy that was hitting me up. And it, I, I don't check my fucking unseen folder. Yeah. Like I had these messages on Facebook. I just found the other file. And a buddy of mine hit me up back in fucking January and was like, Hey, are you working tonight? <laughs> and I just didn't even respond. You- and we talk like, Ah, uh, whatever. So my bad, but I'm no, glad we. Not at all. You you hit you you said something in a comment. I was like, oh, okay, yeah.
1: I heard you on uh, another show that I just happened to listen to. there one of my circle jerks, and I saw your name pop up, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so no, it worked out well. And uh, yeah, it, it, if you gotta go, I can wrap it up. You can give plugs and stuff. I have a couple questions. It's whatever you want to do, man. It's
2: what it's, uh what questions do you have? Um, can you tell me
1: your best moment on stage thus far as a stand-up? Oh, comic? wow! But also, I want the worst. So you can think of one longer if you can tell me one quicker than the other. And you need a moment oh to think. Oh my god!
2: I'll tell. I'll tell you. One of the worst was uh It was a firehouse gig in Jersey. Yeah. And it was like two hundred fifty three three hundred people in a huge firehouse hall, and um half of the half of the lights were off in the room so there's a lit side and an unlit side <laughs> and uh i went up and just ate so much shit yeah like the 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 unlit side kind of liked me for a little bit and the lit side hated me and then when i like attacked the lit side the the dark side like I don't know what they were like Where, what about it and then everyone together subconsciously was like let's all hate them together Yeah, and it was just everything fell so flat and they just hated me so much <laughs> off the bat and when I say the the unlit side like me I'm talking about one table full of people my age were like yeah ha!" and everyone else was just like this ain't good at all Boo. and uh, <laughs> afterwards uh, Gino Bisconti headline and so I, I was opening for him It was years and years ago, man. And uh, afterwards, this woman came up to me out back, and she goes, let me tell you something. You were not funny. (laughs) Now, I can tell you a funny person, but tonight- You won't funny. Now, look at that man over there. He is funny. See how he called that guy a faggot and he called that woman a whore? That is funny. Why would you just do that? And I was like, okay. And she goes, I don't think you understand. Nobody wants to hear about you and your bicycle, okay? And I was like, oh, my God. Because I I was in a firehouse. Like, anybody here like riding bicycles? You know, it was just so bad. And then me and Gino drove back, and it was just like, I was just roasted the entire time back. That was better than the gig. That was way more fun than the gig. Yeah. But the gig was just so fucking And I think it was like the first time I got bumped bumped up to feature, too. And uh, I had this thing where I'm like too honest, I think. And uh, the booker was talking to his like liaison that was there. And I thanked the booker and was like, He goes, how was it? And I go, oh, dude, I bombed so bad. I'm so sorry. It was terrible. And he goes, oh, uh, you know, so-and-so said it was fine. And I was like, god damn it. You know, like I just talked myself out of work. Yeah. Fuck. Like like guys talk (laughs) themselves out of pussy all the time. They just run their mouths. And that's what I, I do sometimes with fucking, you know,
1: work or whatever. Shit, talking your way out of pussy is easy. I do it with my wife. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. I've decided that's the way it goes now like when, when I know it's on and I know I'm going to get some pussy at some point in the evening, I just stop talking and she's like, you don't want to talk I go, every word that comes out of my mouth is potentially me not getting some later I'm good I'm just gonna sit here and oh, eat my fucking yeah, macaroni you, and cheese and mind my fucking business till you're ready you to go to bed. You can't screw
2: up your your <laughs> monthly sex. No, not at all. <laughs> i fucking wait hard for that shit. Oh my god! I hope the kids are in bed at least. Or was it potting the plant that got you going? <laughs> a little bit of both,
1: you know. I like to yeah, yeah, mix yeah. it all. Hey, uh, so if that's the worst, okay. So that's the moment that probably not great. Obviously, it lives in there. Uh, what is a moment that you've had on stage? i mean it could have been the first time you ever did it you know what i'm saying just that moment where you felt it like this is this is what i'm here for i just did my job yeah well (laughs) and i'm happy with
2: this i'm gonna go home and have a sandwich uh i don't know man it 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 happens a a lot it's been happening more i'll tell you what's what's it what's worse than bombing is doing just fine like going up and just things are okay. Like, ha ha. And like I, you, I, the way I am, like I have, if I'm on stage and I don't want to be there to be, I don't want to be here. I I do not want to, this is terrible. I'd rather be home and just like talk about what I'm going through rather than like, you know, hey, everything's fine because I've done that so many times. It's made me hate myself so much yeah. that I'd rather put a gun in my head. So I might as well just go out in flames rather than just like, everything's good. You know? So like, What's worse than bobbing to me is just being like, all right.
1: And- As a comic, you know how to make people laugh. Like, I'm not saying that it's not hard or difficult, but at the end of the day, there's a playbook to right. make people laugh in some situations like right. location and local shout outs and shit like that. So you're not a fan of doing that kind of OK. Like you would rather either crash and burn or soar like a goddamn eagle
2: yeah but i i mean i think also you know i've I've gotten to the point where my my act is not just like here's a joke here's a joke here's a joke like i'm very kind of in the moment and and very i pull jokes out and i talk in jokes but i really enjoy like i love turning a room when the room is like and then you like get them and everything and you acknowledge the thing that like that's like when it's like all right this is great we're all in this together we've all vibed on the same level that we can all agree on this one thing and then you take that and you ride it even further that's that's really fun you know and and as for like my best favorite time on stage i don't know man that's a good question i guess i got to think about that more and and really um kind of let that in i think maybe one of the first times a tell took me on stage that that was like you know like one of the managers at the cellar like took a picture because i was like so excited you know like i think that was one of the one of my most favorite on stage memories just being you know? there
1: and having that moment man i can't imagine yeah. what
2: that yeah and then now it like. happens every night which is crazy yeah. um,
1: <laughs> what is your big plan Ian finance like when you see it's not a see yourself in 5 years kind of question this is like I assume that most comics have to have at least a goal somewhere in the back. Like yeah. where do you wanna be at the end of this? Do you wanna nah. be a well respected comic, a road dog? Do you wanna be uh the, the one that made million million
2: dollar tours and did the sellout shows? Like where, I mean, where do you think I, you wanna I think, land? I think everybody wants, you know, respect. And I think if you're good enough at your job, you get the respect of everyone. I you know, I, I feel I feel that very much And I I feel that, um, you know, you, you want the back of the room to be like, yeah, all right. You know? And, and I think, you know, that's something that, that I've worked towards really hard. Um, and also, you know, in, in terms of where I want to be, I I don't know, it was always such a dream of mine to be a full-time comic. And now that I am, it's like, Hell yeah, you fucking did it! Now what, buddy? Right? Like, do you want to act? Do you want to do production? Yeah, do you want to write? Totally. direct I mean, more I, stuff? I, like. What do you think, man? I do act, and I, I'm doing more acting, and I love it. And that, for me, like, you know, you asked about my favorite moment on stage. My favorite moment, like acting, is when like I break the crew. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when you do a scene you and nail it. and you can make it so funny that the whole crew is just like dying that's my favorite thing in the world yeah and um i am doing more of that and i have more things coming up and i'm I'm excited to do more of that and i want to do that all the time and you know writing a book and you know having that book go out do a book tour you know obviously a special um netflix i i want to be able to make enough money that uh, I can take my mom on a vacation, you know? And uh, really, I, I just, I'm so content with riding my bike to the best comedy club in the world to be on such an incredible stage at The Cellar and uh, be with some of my funniest friends. You know, that that is something, if I never did anything else, I'd be like, wow, that's fucking great. Like if I die from corona, yes. I will die a happy, content man. But if I don't die from corona, I got a lot more shit I'm gonna take over before the whole shit house goes down in flames. Hopefully before it turns
1: into Resident Evil on the east coast of the fucking country, uh, I hope that you can uh, to make your way out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's wild, dude. I, I had all these headlining dates. Like, I was headlining these, cl- like, doing club weekends and everything and, like, all this shit I've been working for. And it's yeah. like, uh, bye-bye. Put that you know whole.
1: We'll put a pin in that,
2: Ian. Yeah. Right, so we'll get back but it's like, anyway. okay, my old thing is obviously you want to work and, and get things, clearly, and I am, but, like, If I don't get it, all right. When I do, I'm going to be that much fucking better. Yeah. You know, like I'm in fucking kill mode. So if you don't want me now, get me later and I'll fucking blow the roof off then. You know, get me if if I can, if I can get over a fucking government mandated quarantine, I can do anything. If I could get over this without eating some strange ass, I can do anything. You haven't been that far. I was going to ask, like, we didn't even get to that. We're gonna
1: have to talk again sometime soon, in yeah. Hey, uh, can you give your plugs? Because I know you got to get out. Uh, I, yeah. I know you don't have any shows at sh- clubs coming up, but if you have anything else coming up that people need to know about, it may be a little yeah. bit before this comes well, out. The reason
2: but... I got to go is I I got to work on uh, this daily cartoon I do with Gary Veeder and Julia Johns. Um, It's called Surviving with Gary and Ian. It's about two roommates in a uh, global quarantine. Uh, (laughs) And they're just two boneheads living together trying to figure it out. And we basically take things that we're all going through and we just skewer it in fucking wild ways. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I... We had to take our temperatures because we were worried about being sick. So we both shoved them up our ass. And then in the final panel, I'm like, hey, we should do this every hour just to be safe. you know. <laughs> and my cat is in the cartoon and he's become a real like celebrity of it all because we always have him in like a wild uh, situation. It's just so fun. Yeah. Like it, if this cartoon has given me so much um, structure because – you know, Gary and I are writing partners now. And we, we talk at 10 a.m. We release a cartoon at 11 a.m. We talk again at noon. We flush it out. We get it to Julia between one thirty and 2. Then we can do whatever, whatever. And then we come back with the panels at night. Uh, around this time, we give final edits. And then, you know, we're good to go at night. Or we push it and we do the final edits in the morning. But it gives us structure of, like, work throughout the day. And we do it Monday through Friday, and um we're putting a patreon out uh which i'm really excited about and uh i just signed up for cameo if, if y'all want to throw I me some it. cash and saw fucking video. get a stolen valor or some cat video we can make it happen
1: i literally just saw that video and it made me laugh your little uh, uh, your yeah. demo reel for cameo your cat was yeah, there yeah yeah <laughs> Look, man, I appreciate it, and uh, I hope everything goes well. I'll be looking forward to that, and I'll be keeping an eye out for you, sir. And uh, Yeah, maybe- thank
2: you for being a fan, man. I really appreciate it. And that Nirvana shirt fucking rules.
1: Oh, man, thank you. I've had it for like 10 years. I'm surprised it still fits. My tits are looking quite voluptuous in it, though
2: yeah i mean you know my i haven't seen my girlfriend in a couple of weeks and i kind of wanted to jump through that screen and just you know suckle with mommy that's I'm, I'm fine up. i
1: could sit here i'll turn my head this way you can jerk off to my forefinger hand that always gets people going man oh wait hold <laughs> on let me see
2: your hand huh four oh i did see i was like is that i didn't even really notice what happened
1: uh when i was 16 i got shot in the face with a high-powered hunting rifle No way. Yeah, and I got shot through the hand and in the face.
2: Intentional?
1: Uh, No, it was a hunting accident. Uh, My cousin shot me in the face on accident. (laughs)
2: <laughs> whoa stolen valor he's not dick cheney yeah no shit i
1: told him i said i hope if you ever get rich just know motherfucker that favor is coming but uh all he got was a mexican wife and like five kids so i feel oh my god
2: I like yeah i saw eating. the red in your face i didn't know what it was i thought you were just always embarrassed no i'm just
1: red faced. <laughs> it's been a rough road <laughs> and i'm 33 god now and how old are you now 33 just the other day so nice happy birthday man full-blown dad mode i got a boner over fucking digging plants this weekend so i guess i'm I've i gotta it, tell
2: you that's that's beautiful <laughs> man you know what what more could we want than to just do a fun activity with our kid enjoy you know for me it'd be a seltzer for you a beer i, I like mean, seltzer you, i like bud light seltzer she's delicious oh, yeah i mean dude you have a you have a wife you have a kid you, you got a roof over your head you're enjoying your time yeah, i mean I, at the end of the day we got to really look at just how fortunate we are because it's so easy to think, oh this and that, but like, I don't know that that really was sweet that you went and got a plant and just plant it with your kid. Not many people have that. That's great. Well, I'm so glad we got to talk, man. Thank you for, for hitting me up. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if anyone is, uh, listening and would like to follow me on Instagram at ianimal, um, and, uh, you know, I, I would love to, uh, you know, hear your podcast Odyssey epic tale of the day you got your face shot off. (laughs)
1: Yeah, man. And you know what's funny? I have a a nice version of it on another show that I'll send you, and uh, you can enjoy that if you get some spare time, Bubba. But thank you for coming. My God, man. I have an open door policy. You come back anytime you want, and uh, uh, have a wonderful evening. Uh, It's going to be a little bit. i got a couple episodes in front of you, but I'm going to get it documented. Hey,
2: all good, man. You know, hopefully by the time you release, we'll be out of this, but, uh, you know, all my love to Arkansas. Thank -hmm. you so much uh, for having me on, man, and I, you know, kiss your wife and kid. It's a beautiful thing. I will, man. It's been a pleasure to get to speak with you and have a good night. Hey, all right, Jody. Take care.
1: Yeah. Okay, guys. That was my uh, chat with Ian Finance. He was short and sweet. Uh, Unfortunately, we got started late and he had other stuff to do. So now I have to catch him some other time. But you guys know the deal. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell your mom and tell your friends. Mom about the show. Go to com. use promo code POBOYS. you get ten percent off. That's it. That's that. I decided, um, since that was short, and listen, Ian is a is a kind of a guy who normally gets, you know, a lot of attention for the crazy shit that he says and can get into. So I feel like we got gypped in that episode. I really thought it was gonna be uh a lot of heartfelt graphic awesomeness. <laughs> So, I tell you what, I'm going to go double feature on that ass this week. My good buddy Dave Chaffey, uh wrote probably my favorite version of this particular joke. It's called The Aristocrats. It's the dirtiest joke in history. How, I don't know how you want to frame it. It's supposed to be as obscene as you can make it without trying to repeat yourself or, you know, use the same subject more than once. So, I thought... He did a great job, guys. It's like 17 minutes long. And if you don't like Dave, just turn it off now. This is your time to turn back. But in my opinion, this is one of the reasons why I like this guy. He's a little bit crazy. And he sits in his house. And he lets his mind wander. And this is his level of crazy. Uh, The Aristocrats. As told by Creepy Uncle Dave. Right after this commercial. Obviously. Clowns clowns. Clown and we like to welcome a new sponsor, Cushy Dreams. They say smoke your CBD because you can. And I agree. I've tried all the gummies, the drops, the the rubs, the oils, all that shit, man. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm a big fuck, and I don't think those things are geared for somebody like me. But, you know, I do appreciate the process of smoking, bud. And I feel like this is a really neat substitute for, you know, if maybe you don't want to get completely stoned (laughs) before you go do something. It's a CBD flower actual hemp flower it's not just some bullshit that they grow in a ditch to roll up and stick inside a cigarette if you tried those these are high quality strains there's six to actually uh you know boost your your general activities man relax peace create hustle energy dream all those can have a benefit to you depending on what you're looking for in a cbd product uh, you know i think the interesting thing about these Are instead of just having some low-rent, basic-ass CBD flower, they actually get all the CBD they can out of the product as opposed to just, you know, enough to make it work. I've enjoyed it thus far. It looks like Bud. It tastes like Bud. It smells like Bud. I can't believe it's not Buddha. You can go to their website, cushydreams.com. K-U-S-H-Y. Use your promo code POBOYS, you get 15% off your first order. They actually sell little canisters of pre-packaged CBD, but uh, nitrogen sealed, they ship it right to your house, man, or you can get a pre-roll, a fat little joint cone, man, you can toke on that. The prices of the strains can go up, down, there's going to be a product for you, no matter what your budget is, no matter what your ailment is, so guys, go there and check it out. Use the promo code, get a little discount, and actually smoke your CBD. Because you fucking can.
0: Hi, boys and girls. I'm Dave from Manbrain Podcast. Here's my version of a very famous offensive joke. Do you know what offensive means, boys and girls? Yes. That's right, there are bad words like shit, fuck, piss, cunt, mong and jungle bunny. So shh, don't tell your parents. A family walks into a talent agency. The father says to the talent agent, we have an act the likes of which you've never seen before, but you're going to have to trust us. The family looks like conservative, God-fearing folk. The father dressed in his Sunday best suit. The mother looks like a 1950s housewife, the eight-year-old son a miniature version of the father, the ten-year-old daughter similarly modelled on the mother. Their smiles are so wholesome, perhaps the joy of living a life free of sin and in service to God. The grandmother is in a wheelchair and is nursing a baby that couldn't be more than a few months old. And there are two dogs, a Great Dane and a miniature poodle. The talent agent is curious because these are not the usual people he deals with. Family acts don't play well these days, I'm sure you know. They're usually too cutesy for modern audiences. But sure, why not? I've got some time. Let's see what you've got. The whole family in a fury rips off all their clothes. The father picks up the baby, lovingly kisses it on the cheek. Mwah, mwah then punches it in the stomach. The father aims the baby so that projectile vomit shoots all the way onto the dick of the talent agent. The son and daughter had wheeled him from under his desk and pulled down his pants in preparation. They then proceed to alternate deep-throating the agent while punching each other in the stomach and dick and cunt. They proceed to throw up as well, giving ample lubrication to the talent agent's dick, which happens to be a 12-inch monster. The father announces... Now, sir, you're going to have the orgasm of your life, but it's going to kill you. The father pulls out a pet mouse that has been living in his asshole and crams it into the poodle, then crams the poodle into the baby like a turducken. There's a new word for you, boys and girls, turducken. The mouse's hole is tight and is compressed further by the poodle and the baby. The father forces the mouse, poodle, baby, turducken onto the talent agent's dick aided by the vomit and the blood from the cramming. The agent is still in total shock as to what is happening. The father takes out a clear plastic bag and some tape and jams it over the agent's head, and he binds his hands together so he can't pull the bag or the and off. The father further announces, Now, keep watching the show while you have the climax of your life, and we'll see you in heaven. The talent agent gets over his initial shock and starts to resist. He knows he should resist. That is until he starts feeling the greatest pleasure of his entire life. How could something so wrong feel so right? And the act has only just started. The brother and sister keep jacking off the talent agent with the mouse poodle baby Turducken, with one hand each while cunt and cock punting each other with their other hand and feet. And they keep puking for more lubrication. And there's blood and bile at this point, of course, as well. And I guess I should mention the shitting and pissing too, as they've lost all control of their bodily functions. Also, I guess of note is that all the family have been screaming the whole time with their favourite words. They all have that rare form of Tourette's where you only scream the worst words. They can't help it, so maybe it's not even worth a mention. But yeah. The father screams nigger, nigger, nigger at the talent agent louder than when Kramer from Seinfeld lost it. Not that it matters, but the agent also happens to be black and believe it or not, he gets off on the humiliation. The mother screams faggot, faggot, faggot at the agent who also happens to be gay, not that that matters either. She screams louder than the Westbrook Baptist Church at a gay pride parade. The son screaming, Kike! 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 at the agent, who also happens to be Jewish, not that that is really relevant, at least not yet. Now, all this screaming of the worst abuse only serves to heighten the pleasure for the talent agent. Grown-ups are weird, aren't they, boys and girls? Unfortunately, the streaming can't continue like it is, or the act just won't reach its climax. So, the father proceeds to bag up all the family, then himself, while alternating between fisting himself using blood and puker's lube, and jacking himself off so violently that he breaks his frenulum, and blood streams out from the head of his dick. He sprays all the family with his dick blood. But yeah... The family do keep screaming their abuse, but now it's muffled through the plastic bags over their heads. The talent agent is a little disappointed in this, but is getting so much pleasure from the mouse poodle baby Tadukkin jacking him off that he keeps going with it and is eager to see more. Have I painted a picture of what all the family is doing for their act? Father, son, daughter, baby and poodle? No. There's also the mother and the Great Dane and the grandmother. Yes. The mother, meanwhile, dances a waltz with the Great Dane. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. While the Great Dane mouth humps and shits on the grandmother who is getting fucked with her giant horse cock dildo fuck machine. The grandmother punches the dog and the mother in their cunt and cock, and the mother and Great Dane are tongue-kissing each other while they trade puke and blood and some weird orange liquid. God knows what that is. But we'll get to God soon. Now, the talent agent has this massive grin on his face. The dog and the mother dancing reminds him of his childhood when his mother and father would fuck standing up in front of him while punching the shit out of each other. That was the only way they could get off, and was how he was conceived. The whole scene gets more and more furious. The punching harder, the puking more acidic and putrid, the shitting more liquidy and spraying everywhere. The horse, cock, fuck machine, cranked up to maximum and almost Pulling the grandmother's pussy right out. The Turducken mouse turned to mush. And the waltzing getting faster and faster. One, two, three, 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 one, two, three. One, two, three. Now the act has reached his peak and the talent agent ejaculates so hard that the mouse baby poodle turducken shoots across the room and lands inside the grandmother's cavernous flappy pussy. She then comes violently from the force and squirts and sprays into the daughter's arsehole, which triggers her to squirt and power shit into the brother's mouth, which of course makes him come into the eyes of his mother, which triggers her to squirt so hard a uterus falls out, which the Great Dane proceeds to eat and hump, which triggers the father to spray down the whole room like a fire hose with blood and semen. All this while they all, one by one, attempt to gasp their last breath and lose consciousness. Scary, isn't it, boys and girls? The talent agent's last thought is that he wouldn't change a thing about his life. This act was worth dying for. All that remains is a pile of bodies, puke, blood, shit, piss, cum and a significant amount of pus from the grandmother's cunt boil which naturally popped during the orgy. The dog, on the other hand, he's fine and is sitting quietly waiting for his owners to wake up. Little does he know that he'll get his wish. What do you wish, boys and girls? That your mummy will stop drinking and pay you more attention? You might be thinking that this is just a hideous murder-suicide, right? Wrong. The father had called 911 before entering the talent agency. And now it's a race against time to bring them all back to life. So, do we wait here? Or do we see what's going on up in heaven? What do you reckon, boys and girls? Want to see what's going on in heaven? Okay. The talent agent's soul comes to, gasping for non-existent breath. But still, with the massive grin on his face, he's in heaven. Yes, boys and girls, literal heaven. Inside the pearly gates with the family, who, not skipping a beat, have started up again with their act. Yep, they're all in heaven and nothing is off limits. The sucking, the fucking, the puking, the shitting, the farting, the pus, the period blood. It's all pure and holy. There's a crowd watching up in heaven too, including, yes, God himself. Many are engaged in acts which on earth are not considered to be virtuous. The agent notices other what look like to be families from different parts of the world, all engaging in their own heinous acts. An Indian family doing something very similar, but adding curry sauce and extreme body odour. A Korean family with fermented cabbages and a lot more dogs. A black American family with their Popeye's chicken and Negro spirituals. Well, they're not there yet. Uh, they're running late, of course. But yes, God, the old beardy man is joining in on the fun because, hey, yeah, the universe basically runs itself. So he can do whatever the fuck he wants. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost engage in a devil's triangle. Fucking each other. That's right, boys and girls. That's what the Holy Trinity is all about. Jesus taking it, being spit-roasted by his Father and the Holy Ghost. The Father and the Holy Ghost high-fiving So excited are they by Jesus' holes and the performance going on all around them. Even, yes, the little prophet Muhammad. He's there too, diddling himself in the corner while fingering his eight-year-old bride. He's half watching the performance and half getting turned on by cartoon depictions of himself as a giant, getting fucked by the Twin Towers while the people hurl themselves out of the building, which tickles his little asshole. God screams at the talent agent. Hey, you kike faggot nigger. Do you repent all your sins? The faggotry I dig. The niggery is my favourite with your big black cock. I'll be having that later on. But the kikedom I cannot abide by. See over there? See all those kikes pleading to get into heaven? Look closer, and you'll see Adolf Hitler. Yes, Adolf Hitler. He repented, and I forgave him for all his sins. So now, for all eternity, he gets his wish of torturing kikes who will not accept my son, Jesus. Who, by the way, still has the tightest asshole I've ever had. Sweet baby Jesus. So... Do you repent, kike-faggot nigger? Do you repent, kike-faggot nigger? Yeah, so turns out that God is definitely not politically correct, is he, boys and girls? Who would have thought? The talent agent looks over at his fellow Jews who are being tortured by Adolf Hitler and his dogs and thinks, well, my religion is very important to me but God damn, this is the greatest act I've ever seen, so fuck it. Yes, God, I accept sweet baby Jesus into my asshole. Please forgive me for all my sins of kiteness. Also outside the pearly gates, God points out some social justice warriors. They refused to bow down to God, who called them a bunch of fags but keep fighting the good fight, social justice warriors. The talent agent then looks around in the crowd and notices some people he wouldn't have thought would have gone into heaven, but he guesses they repented and were forgiven. Michael Jackson is there with a shooting gallery of thousands of young boys bent over spreading their cheeks. Edmund Kemper is there screaming at his mother's decapitated head while skull-fucking it. William Shatner is there drowning his wife while reciting Shakespeare. Alex Cappy is screaming that Tom Hanks is a pedo while hurling himself off a bridge. Mel Gibson is getting raped by a pack of what he calls niggers, which is secretly what he wanted all along. The talent agent is confused because he thought these people were still alive and asked God, What the deal is? Well, yes, these are clones we made up because we just had to put this shit on display. Who wouldn't want to see Mel Gibson being raped by a pack of niggers for eternity? And when he does die and repent, it'll be there waiting for him. He hates the Jews almost as much as I do. Yeah, so boys and girls, God is a kind of a bigot. Do you know that word, boys and girls? Yes, a bigot. But he's the boss. He's in charge of the universe, isn't he, boys and girls? So I guess what he says goes. In the distance, outside the pearly gates, a little Jewish girl wearing a red dress looks at the talent agent and pleads to be saved. The talent agent has a choice. And he makes the right choice. He goes outside the pearly gates, talks to the girl. Hi, little girl. As you're a heavenly creature now, you get the big black cock you craved on earth before you died of cancer. I can see it in your eyes. They never gave you your dying wish, but now I can. The little girl looks up and smiles. Yeah, big boy. Fuck all my holes while I keep this red dress on. Schindler's fist me, daddy. The father looks over the entire scene and nods. He's done it. This is the greatest performance of all time and those fucking kikes who run the entertainment industry on earth will finally listen to him. They'll be making so much money, he won't even have to hide his anti-Semitism and can publicly trade kike jokes with Mel Gibson and Drew Barrymore. A tear runs down the father's eye as he nuts into his poodle, who is inside his baby, who is inside his daughter, who is inside that elephant who was electrocuted for trampling people back in 1657. Back on earth. The EMTs arrive at the scene and proceed to bring them all back to life with their paddles and CPR and fancy shit. The talent agent's grin is still shining through the plastic bag as it's ripped off. He comes to and screams with joy. Thank you, God. Thank you. Oh, my fucking God in heaven. That was the most amazing act I've ever seen. What do you call it? The father announces. We're the kike-hating aristocrats. Well, says the agent, with an act like that, you could call yourselves the nigger, faggot, kite, cunt, skull-fucking rapist and you'll still be a massive hit. So, did you like that joke, boys and girls? Now, remember, this is our little secret. Don't tell your parents or I'll come visit you at night in your bed like your uncle does. Goodbye.